0: Shalom and welcome to this week's Think Jewish. This week's Torah portion teaches us the mitzvah of challah. And therefore today's class, the title is the mitzvah of challah. Subtitle, making a fine blend of flour and water. Okay, so let's first talk about the word challah. Most people, when they think of the word challah, what do they think of? The Shabbos loaves. We call them chala or chalot in, uh, in plural. However, in truth, <laughs> these loaves are not chala. Chala does not mean loaves of bread. When we make the bracha for eating the chala bread, we don't say hamotzi chala min haaretz. We say hamotzi lechem because lechem means bread, period. So if so, why do we call the Shabbos loaves chala? instead of lechem, like we do every other bread. And the answer is that because the sages knew that even though during the week, most women will go to the bakery to buy their bread. However, women find it precious and special to bake their challah, their Shabbos bread by themselves. Now, there is a specific mitzvah called challah. And because they didn't want the women to forget that mitzvah, so therefore they called the bread challah, So when the woman says, oh, I'm baking challah, she'll immediately remember, oh, I have to do the mitzvah of challah. So we need to talk tonight about what is the mitzvah of challah. But before we do that, I just want to share with you what is the definition of the word challah. What does challah mean? And the challah actually means the separating of the dough offering. In other words, the mitzvah is that when you make a dough, you separate a piece of the dough, that's called the dough offering, it's a gift to God, given to the Kohanim. In other words, the God gave this to the Kohen to eat, and that's what the person does. They separate the piece called challah, separating that piece of the dough offering, and you give it to the Kohen. However, because this is a gift that God gave to the tribe that works in the Holy Temple, which has no portion in the land, From which to live off. So this is a gift that God. You give it to God. And God gives it to them. So it maintains now. The status of holy. Holy food. Just like so to speak. Not at the exact same level. But just like the flesh of a sacrifice. Therefore there are laws. How to eat this. And the most important law. That we're going to discuss tonight. For a moment is. That one cannot be impure. When they eat the holy Kala. And therefore today we cannot give it to a Kohen. Because we all have the status of impurity. Either because we would got in touch with a funeral or whatever it may be. So therefore today instead of giving it to the Kohen, we actually burn it. If we don't burn it, we let others just allow it to decay. Once it doesn't have the status no more of edible food, it could be thrown out. Because there's nothing else we could do with it. So that's the mitzvah of challah. How do we burn it? So there are those that they put it in the oven. If you put it in the oven, you have to make sure that there's no other food with it. Because the challah has a certain status and law. If you put it in the oven together with other food, and the other food takes the flavor of this holy, it becomes holy, and that's not good. Okay? But either way, so that's the law of the challah. Before we get into the mystical teachings of the mitzvah of challah, let us just discuss for a moment the practical side of it. What are the laws and practical procedure of the commandment? I'm providing you here with two links, one to a short video to watch how it is done, and the other a simple step-by-step article how to do this. If you are listening to this lecture online, please look into the description box and you will find them there. Okay. And here you have the handout the top over here you have the two links that you can use and just to get quickly through this it's very simple there's what's called flour what is flour you can make flour today out of anything you can make rice flour you don't have to give challah the mitzvah is only from one of the five grains which are the five grains wheat rye barley oat or spelt okay now the liquids of the dough are also specific liquids and you can look in here which one the, which one they are okay water oil juice eggs so forth and so on now the dough it has to be made into a dough when it's a dough then we cover the dough we make the blessing and we separate okay so how much how much does it have to be if I'm just making for argument's sake, one little tiny roll that's all I just don't have food, I want to quickly bake it, and I want to make it for myself. So if you look in the chart I gave you, it says the quantity in order to separate challah and recite the blessing. If you just take it away less than that in a a dough smaller than what I'm about to tell you, you can't make a blessing. The blessing has to only be on the biblical mitzvah. So we say here, the dough should contain at least 59 ounces of flour, which is 3 pounds and 11 ounces or 1 and 2 thirds kilograms. Okay, If the amount of flour is between 43 and 59 ounces, challah should be separated without a blessing. But if the dough contains less than 43 ounces of of flour, challah is not separated. So if it's a portion that we know for sure carries the obligation, you make a blessing. There's that little no man's land, which we said between 43 and 59 ounces. So you want to cover all your bases. You're going to separate it in case it's mandatory, but because we're not sure, you cannot make a blessing and say God's name. If it's less than that amount, you don't You don't uh, take a challah at all. Okay? You'll see over here, exactly, you can watch the video. You'll see over here what the blessing is, how it's done. After you take away the piece, you say the words, this is challah. Okay? Okay. So I just wanted to provide you with the links and a little bit of a chart just to know the... Uh, the practical laws of challah. Now let's get into the more mystical side. Okay? The word challah, we said that the word challah pertains to the mitzvah. It's the dough offering. Now, I want to share with you how this starts. In this week's Torah portion, the commandment starts with these words. When you arrive in the land to which I am bringing you, the prerequisite of this mitzvah is That it's when you come into the land of Israel. So we need to understand on a mystical deeper level. What is the connection with the land of Israel and the mitzvah of challah? That's what we want to look for. The answer is very interesting. The answer is that the entire concept of the land of Israel from a biblical standpoint. What is it? It is the land in which we live and are commanded to make a physical abode for God. That's what it's all about. In other words, there are deep insights to this week's Torah portion, how the Jews in the desert, the spies, they all said, we don't want to go into the land of Israel. Why not? We don't want to have physical involvement. We love our spiritual life. We're surrounded by clouds. Money comes down from heaven. We are living in absolute spirituality. The whole point is that they realize that going into the land of Israel is not about abstract abstract spirituality. It's all about making a dwelling place, a physical dwelling place for God. What does it mean a physical dwelling place for God? What do those words mean? God needs what? How many bedrooms does God need? And the answer is that what it means is that this land will be a place where God's presence is seen and felt. How does that happen? Well, that happens when the individual, if he dedicates his life to doing mitzvot, Torah study, and a prayer, the specific prayer, asking God, please do with me as thy will. That means that his entire life is all about the consciousness of God's presence and to fulfill God's commandments. So when the person practically lives his or her life in accordance to the laws of Torah and his focus in his mind is to serve God, to love God, what happens then? Then he has become an abode for God. What happens when the entire community lives that way? This community has become an abode for God. What happens when an entire people live this way? The entire people have become a physical abode for God. What happens when the entire land is run in this manner? Thus you have, like the King Solomon days, that the entire land of Israel was a physical abode for God. When people came in King Solomon's days to Israel, they felt and saw the hand and the presence of God. So much so, we have the famous story of the Queen. That she came with her people to King Solomon and they converted. Because they saw the presence and this hand of God and how God lives within this land. So that's what it means Eretz Yisrael. Now the word Eretz and Yisrael in itself, these two words also carry the same notion. Just as a sidebar. The word Eretz, why is it called Eretz? Because when God told the land, I don't mean specifically the land of Israel, the land. When God said that the land should give forth animals, the land should give forth fruits and all that. Our sages says, the land wanted to fulfill God's will. So the word Eretz is from the word Ratzon. The word Yisrael, how did Jacob get the name Yisrael? Because the angel, after he beat Esau's angel, and Esau's angel said to him, and, and he, he actually said to him the words. Oh, where do I have this here? I'm sorry. Okay. He said to him the words that because you have battled with the angel of God and mankind, and you have come out victorious, thus your name shall no more be Jacob, which means head, a heel, it shall be Israel from the word sar, from control, ministering. And thus we see that what is the all of Jacob all about? Overcoming the obstacles and serving God. And thus the word Eretz Yisrael is exactly what the land of Israel is all about. It's about not just being spiritual, but being able to engage and overcome and transform the world, the land, that it should be a physical abode for God. Okay. Let's take it a little bit deeper. Our sages tell us, why did God give man the mitzvah of challah? Because man is the challah of the universe. What does that mean? Simple. What is the law of making challah? You take water and you mix it with flour. You can't do it when they're separate. You mix the water with the challah, you knead it into a dough, right? You form it into a dough and then you separate the challah. All of the creations of God was made how? And God said, speech, and God said, let there be. Let me read to you exactly the verses that talks about how God made mankind. And a mist mist ascended from the earth and watered the entire surface of the ground. And the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground. And he breathed into his nostrils the soul of life and man became a living soul. So God, so to speak, made man differently. He actually mixed the water, the midst, with the flour, the dust of the ground. And then he formed it. Thus we call man the chala of the universe. Now what happened? Because when Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit from the tree of knowledge, they made the chala of the universe impure. And thus, the tikkun, to rectify this, man was commanded to do the mitzvah of challah. Okay? It gets even deeper than this. The Torah has many different dimensions of how to learn it. One, the reman- one of the ways, the four ways, how to study Torah is remes, the hint. So look how the hint dimension of Torah study deals with it. Okay? The word challah. The word chala is divided into two words. It's made up of three letters, right? The chet, the lamid, and the hay. Chala. If you break those three letters into two words, take the ches and lamid, put it together, and then the hay. You have chal hay. Hay stands for Hashem. The word chal can also come mean chol, means mundane. Now read the word chol Hashem. The job of chala is to transform the physical mundane, into godliness. How do you do this? So the teaching goes further. The very word chalat teaches you how to do it. What's the difference between a chet and a hey? Our sages say that the chet, the two legs, both legs, right, the right and the left, are connected to the roof. What does that mean? There's only one way out, down. The letter chet. Stands for the word chet, which means sin. Now what happens with the letter hey? The letter hey, the left leg is hanging, right? Now when the left leg hangs, why is it hang, our sages say? To teach us that there is a way out besides going down. And what is that? The opening of teshuvah. When a person does teshuvah, repentance and returning to God, what happens? Instead of going down, he has that top opening to go up. Now you see how you do it. When you transform the chet into a hay, when you take the physical objects or life situations which gets in the way of you serving God, what happens then? You transform it to the hay through doing teshuvah. That's how you transform the chol, the mundane, to the hay, which is godliness. And thus we now understand that the deeper dimension of the mitzvah of chala is what? Is to purposefully transform the mundane of the physical world into godliness. Through teshuvah, which in the higher dimension doesn't mean I sinned and I returned. It actually means that I'm consistently returning to God, using, thinking, and doing everything for the sake of God. That is the greater dimension Of the mitzvah of challah. As it is expressed even in the level of sod. The hint. Torah study dimension. Now let's go further. We spoke about the practical mitzvah of challah. We spoke about the hint. We mentioned some Kabbalah. Now let's talk about Hasidus. According to Hasidus. What is the mitzvah of challah? And how is that lesson a daily eternal lesson? So the answer is. That as we said, challah is made up of flour and water. Right? One of the seven liquids. But flour, we want to focus here on flour. There's an interesting teaching in the Torah about flour. And what is that? In Ethics of Our Father, our sages say, If there is no Torah, there is no flour. If there is no flour, there is no Torah. What does that mean when it says, in en kemach en torah? If there's no flour, there's no Torah. What it means is that if you only do Torah study without engaging with earning a living, sustenance to feed your body, then the Torah study will not long endure. So Kemach means not directly flower just. It means the bigger dimension that you have to deal with the physicality and the laws of nature to be able to earn a living, take care of yourself, close yourself, house yourself, they go to medical needs. So therefore, the word Kemach means the physical engaging. Now, there's two ways we can do that. One is by the physical work. But there's also a spiritual dimension of flower, which means engaging with the physical needs and the physical sustenance. And what is that? Prayer. What is the difference in Torah study and prayer? Torah study is all about the Word of God. It's me opening up my mind. To learn the Word of God. What is prayer all about? Biblically speaking, the word prayer has only one definition. To ask God for your needs. So while Torah study could be abstract, spiritual, all about yearning for godliness, prayer is about the physical involvement. It's understanding that God has sent my soul down into a physical body which has physical needs. And thus I turn to God for my needs. And the mere fact that I'm praying to God means I realize that my physical needs come from God. They're fulfilled and provided by God. Through vessels, but provided by God. So here you have the mission is telling you that as a Jew, you cannot just have the spiritual abstract yearning of Torah study. You need to be involved with prayer focus on the physical needs and the physical change that has to happen through us being physically alive and serving God. One level. It gets deeper in Chassidus. Chassidus explains that both the Torah and the flower, right, what does it say? If there's no flower, there's no Torah. Both of them refer to Torah study. How do you figure? Because in Torah study itself, there's two dimensions. There's one stage in which the Torah stands as the abstract form of pleasure of God. On that level where the Torah is all about God, that that infinite level, the finite insignificant world is of naught. On that level of Torah, it's not about the world and the engagement with the world. Rather, this is, as we say, the Torah existed before the world was created. This is the way God unto himself created his masterpiece called the Torah. And he's, they say in Yiddish, the word tzatzking with it. Tzatzking means he's playing with it. It's his own personal pleasure. That's one level of Torah. Then, then, then you could study the Torah on that level. There's another level of Torah... In which the Torah, our sages say, the Torah proudly boasts that it is the blueprints of creation. As our sages say, and God looked into the Torah and created the world. Now, on that level of Torah study, every single detail of creation is dependent upon the detail of the Torah laws. Over here, the engagement of the Torah study is as the ultimate blueprint and constitution of the entire physical creation. And thus when you study the Torah on this level, it's called flower. It's the physical engagement. And now we have this Mishnah telling us that it's not enough to have your own spiritual thirst fulfilled in Torah study by yearning for the abstract part of the Torah. To study the Torah as it does not connect with the physical world. It's just about me cleaving and becoming one with God through his ultimate gift, the Torah. That's not enough. We need to also study the Torah as the Torah engages and directs us how to live day-to-day living. And thus again we have the mitzvah of challah taking place here. It's not enough to just be in the desert But we need to go into the land of Israel and we need to engage with it and transform the mundane to the godliness. Okay, it's very interesting. However, the lower level of Torah that we just mentioned in which the Torah is the blueprints, the sustenance and the absolute control of the universe that we said is considered flower right that's not the torah that's the flower torah in the dimension of flower from this lower level of torah there's the famous story where the great rabbi shimon bar yochai the one whose yard site is on Lagba omer the one who composed the zohar they once came to him and they told him rebbe the world is in need of rain so he immediately started expounding upon torah thoughts upon the verse Behold how good and how pleasant it is when the brothers dwell together. And it started raining. Why? Because we're taught in the world of Kabbalah and Hasidus that brothers in the spiritual world represents the small faces emanation and the kingship emanation. Right? You have the six male emanations and you have the seventh feminine mystique. The secret of producing rain, reproduction, is all by bringing together those seven emotions as one. So through the Torah study, because he studied it as it is the flower engaging with the physical, thus his focus was that this spiritual union of the spiritual brothers, so to speak, should produce physical rain. So do we find by the great Rabbi Yehuda. It says that Rabbi Yehuda was the authority in the entire order. You know, the Mishnah, the Talmud, and the Mishnah is made up of six orders. There's the one about agriculture. There's the one about women. There's the one about purity. There's the one about all the laws of sacrifices. One of them is called the laws of damages. Those laws are the most physical of all laws. They control the laws of business. They control the raw laws of real estate. They control the laws of, of civil damage one to another. He was the authority of that. That was where he majored his entire life of Torah study. This man, Rabbi Yehuda, the Talmud tells us, only prayed once a month. Because his engaging of the Torah was all about damages, he was focused on the physical as the Torah is a flower, F-L-O-U-R, not an abstract spirituality. Therefore, his Torah study was his prayer just like the story of Rabshim Bar bariahai through the torah study that he expounded upon that verse he brought down physical rain thus he was dealing with his physical needs not through prayer but his entire torah study engagement was to connect it to the physical world and create a physical transformation so just as we we the regular people we use prayer to make physical transformation his torah study was his creating Physical transformation, the chal la, the chaf lamed, the chal mundane, into hay, into godliness. Okay? <sighs> want to take it to another twist, very interesting twist. There is the Mishnah we just said, right? The Mishnah we said is if there's no flower, there's no Torah, teaching us that we cannot be abstract spiritual monks learning and yearning just to disconnect with the physical and become one with the spiritual rather we have to have the flower which means the physical engagement the mitzvah of challah turning the chol, the mundane into the hey godliness there's another mishnah in ethics of a father which by a different sage which pretty much says the same thing it says any torah study which is not accompanied by work will not endure the same notion comes along the Holy Rabbi Yitzchak Barthitchev. And he gives a very interesting explanation to this. He says, what is the Mishnah talking about? What is the Mishnah talking about when it says the word work? He says that the definition of work is that we should work and engage in the commandment of loving your fellow Jew as yourself. Now. This is very interesting, because this is the same embodiment of the concept of prayer. How so? According to the Alter Rebbe and the great teachings of Hasidus, the greatest focus of prayer is upon one commandment. What is that commandment? And you shall love God your God. And thus you have to build up from the beginning of prayer, building and building and building to the Shema Yisrael, and what is the mitzvah in the Shema Yisrael? And you shall love God your God. Teaches the Alter Rebbe that the vessel through which we can learn to love God is a different mitzvah. Which mitzvah? And love your fellow man as yourself. For to love your fellow Jew unconditionally is to love the soul which is in him. The God which is in him. And thus, loving your fellow Jew is the embodiment and the vessel to which to transform and elevate yourself to loving God your God. And thus, this concept of work, this concept of challah, this concept of flower, F-L-O-U-R, is all manifested in its greatest way by love your fellow Jew as yourself. Why so? Because making this world an abode for God is to take the complex world of separation and transform it into the world of oneness. Thus the mitzvah of loving your fellow Jew, which is the gateway to the mitzvah of love God your God, is the mitzvah of chalah, of transforming the mundane to the godliness. That is the deepest level of the mitzvah of challah. In closing. Water. Water represents Torah. But for right now the major focus was on the, Ch- on the flower part. The transformation of the physical and slowest degree. Let's talk about three practical lessons. It's all beautiful to get Kabbalistic and elevated. But let's talk about the three most practical lessons of tonight's class. Number one. Challah is called. The first portion of your dough. That's how the verse calls it. Okay. So too. The first of our day. When we wake up. Needs to be separated and given to God. How do we do that? Practically. Simply. Is by the prayer. The first words out of your mouth. When you wake up. Should be the moda ani. We thankfully acknowledge. We thank you God. For giving us back our soul. So that's the first practical level of Bikurim, the first piece of dough, the first words out of my mouth, the first consciousness in my mind before I run off to my busy, hectic day. Number two, learning Torah is a very pleasurable thing. It really is. However, we need to pray to God every day. God does not want to just have an intellectual abstract relationship with us. He wants to literally be our bread and butter. That is through prayer. When we pray to God, what we're saying is that we know that my physical sustenance, even though I make vessels and businesses and everything else and working, the physical sustenance of my body is only from God. Lesson number three, the practical lesson is, the spiritual Torah is super pleasurable. However, we must also study the practical laws of the Torah teaching us how to live our day-to-day life. That is what the mitzvah of challah is all about in its deepest sense. Thank you.